0: Hi, I'm Ivan Bigov and I'm with Ribbon Communications. The journey towards 5G that we have embarked on with our customers is proving that 5G will indeed change the world as we know it.
1: This is Sean Kinney, and welcome to Will 5G Change the World? The usually weekly podcast where we engage with a wide variety of industry experts to answer that important question. But first, in an effort to get to know our guests a little bit better, we like to pose three questions from the Proust Questionnaire. Ivan, are you ready for those? Yes, please. Question number one, who are your
0: heroes in real life? I think it's my ancestors, like my granddad. He was a World War II hero, and he worked in a lab which invented the laser. And I want to live up to him one day.
1: And question number two, when and where were you happiest?
0: Oh, I think when I saw hammerhead shark above my head when I was diving in Galapagos. And the third question, Ivan, what is your motto? It's... It is nice to be important, but more important to be nice. So Ivan, as we're
1: recording this, it's been 364 days since Ribbon completed its merger with ECI Telecom. So for the benefit of our audience, Ribbon's all about secure, intelligent cloud. ECI specialized in end-to-end optical transport, NFV, SDN. So the combination of those two domains obviously has big implications for 5G, But uh, as we start here, Ivan, maybe you can give us a little bit of the insight into where the combined company is a year in relative to addressing the 5G opportunities out there, both for service providers and for enterprises.
0: Okay. Uh, As you mentioned before, Sean, a year ago, Ribbon merged with ECI Telecom. Um, This helped us... To extend our reach beyond voice over IP technology to the packet and optical transport domain, we clearly see that we're stronger together. During the last year, demand for the voice over IP and I think collaboration platforms and other voice over IP and telepresence services had grown up immensely, and now. The operators are filling the infrastructural capacity gap with the packet and optical solutions. After the merger, Ribbon Communications portfolio matched the expectations of its customers more closely. And beyond that, packet and optical infrastructure is serving as a foundation for the next generation networks, providing services for 5G needs, I give you an example, like low latency, like higher capacity bandwidth and the slicing. So in my opinion, Ribbon Communications customers are benefiting significantly from the renewed portfolio offering.
1: Ivan, you mentioned this uh, capacity gap. And you know we spend a lot of time on this show talking about core network and the RAN, maybe not enough time talking about the transport network. So when we think about what's coming in terms of uh, not just huge increases in bandwidth demand, but also how that bandwidth is delivered, how that capacity gets to the users. and, And you mentioned network slicing. We'll maybe talk more about that. But how should operators be thinking about their transport networks beyond just more fiber? I mean, obviously, more fiber is going to be part of it, but but what other aspects of transport do we need to see evolve in
0: the 5G era? Um, with our customers around the world, we had been doing the capacity and dimensioning calculations for the networks that they need to be accommodated in the infrastructure, in the transport domain. And more or less, we understood that the capacity increases tenfold compared to the bandwidth demands in Fuji. so there are a couple of aspects of the capacity, but not only that it is architecture. So architecture is changing in the transport from rings to starish topologies, giving the difference of like eliminating the the traffic which is uh, coming hope by hope to go straight to the centripetal locations of this of the network plus the network elements which are serving the network needs they have to be upgraded in order to cope with the capacity requirements which are bringing 5g capabilities so the mainly things what are bringing the 3.5 millimeter uh, uh, spectrum uh, is the actually the increasing the bandwidth and also the elements itself have to be able to cope with this demand and also optical underlay is going closer to the edge and Actually, the natural growth of the interfaces on the transport network, when you used to have seen one gigabit uh, interfaces connectivity, it's starting to be uh, 10 gigabit or 25 gigabit. Where it was 10 gigabit, now you see the need of the 100, even 200 interfaces. So on the other hand, when you had one or two radio access network elements like stations, um, now you need to accommodate five or even eight elements uh, in order to deliver densification. Because of the propagation uh, properties of the wavelength in the uh, bands which are located for 5G, but also to give a difference in the more smooth handover. We see that from our customers' eyes, and we understand their needs of the expanding the transport network domain. Another aspect is actually this complex network needs to be orchestrated with a multi-layer correlation. And speaking of which, if you will talk about the multi-layer optimization and uh, the way how the this will bring the difference. I think one of the obvious aspect is like how the traffic visualization and the paths of the uh, traffic steering techniques will be in the network. Other aspect is like how to plan the amount of lambdas in the optical network, how to plan the amount of capacity and how to, to steer out the traffic to the maybe telco edge cloud to maybe the core or maybe to a public cloud as well for the very specific unique applications. What we see are coming more and more relevant in the network plus the expedite uh, how to expedite lead to cash. And also very important part here. It's like from the order to fulfillment, it could be a bulk of services or it could be uh, the way how the single service can be implemented in the transport network and more operational friendly, and also seeing all the levels in the same time. So um, the other thing here is latency. And in latency, we see that dynamic restoration in the optical layer, Plus the dynamic packet layers, when the the something is happening like disruption, like the outage, uh, it on the fly fixing these services may be not that good for multi layer, and it's better to be in like better prepared for that and switch to pre plant restoration to have the better services. Restoration, especially for the low latency, and we know that five mm, G services, like other services like four G, but more sensitive, more sensitive to the delay and packet delay variation. These things are how we see that uh, it is exactly making a difference in the transport network domain. If you are know, if you know exactly how. It is looks like on the radio axis. It is new spectrum, additional time slots, uh, maybe some resource allocation on the uh, coordination between these stations. You know how it looks like in in terms of uh, the the needs in the core, like more bandwidth. But in transport, it's uh, many uh, details that you have to keep an eye on and also make sure that you will not lose any data here because it is becoming more and more important. You cannot allow yourself uh, for some data to be lost.
1: So obviously operators are making a lot of investments right now. You went through several of them, but they're investing in spectrum. They're investing in RAN densification. They're investing in a redesign of their transport topology They're bringing in edge computing nodes and they're investing in software to orchestrate and automate management of all of those uh, different elements of the network, all in an effort to be able to serve up differentiated services to their end users. You know, this is where the monetization opportunity is for the operator. This is where the user can start to derive real business value from working with the operator. So maybe we can, set aside what the specific service is and focus on how it's delivered. You mentioned network slicing earlier. This has been one of those things that the telecom sector has been talking about for years, and we seem to be getting closer and closer to realizing that out in uh, the field. But I'm curious to get your take on how network slicing fits into this ability to offer service differentiation. And maybe tell us what is the role of transport
0: in delivering that slice? Yeah, Uh, in in the initial definition of slicing, it's like a KPI-driven overlaid network. It is engaging with all components. It is radio, it is core, it is transport network. And now it is a telco cloud which is a virtualization of some functions could be like portions of radio portions of core even uh, some applications which are sitting on top of the portions of core on the telco edge cloud and these are the things which can be uh, bringing the difference of the traffic steering from the user and device to the service it could be like non-public network, it could be ultra reliable latency massive ma- machine type communication, and it is implying all the components to be aligned with the uh, allocation of resources and making difference how the traffic shall be steered, so it is not Slicing is not only one component it's like when you are allowing on the radio to be some specific uh, elements be connected to it it's not slicing if you are. uh, Differentiating that in the core it's not slicing if you're doing that only in transport, it is not slicing but only conjunction and like synergy between all the domains under I think the orchestration umbrella may create a difference, real difference to the services which are offered by the network. So in transport domain specifically, what we are saying from our end, it's like a combination of two things. It's a transport uh, network techniques of the way how the traffic is steered throughout the network and also uh, the virtual centralized elements which are sitting closer to the edge in order to cope with the latency in order to reduce it Uh, if you had been connecting to the transport network for example uh via radio and you've been going in a tunnel somewhere in the core which is located in the capital but you are residing somewhere in a rural area for you it will be absolutely different how that uh, if the traffic will be steered somewhere on the edge cloud which will be located in the same uh, city uh, where, you, where you are located. Okay, so it means that the way how the traffic is now coming to the processing nodes and how it is forwarded through the transport network, this makes uh, a difference. Uh, latency is one of the crucial aspects here. Another aspect is also the amount of the elements which, have, which may be connected to the, uh, to the slice. Uh, so we also see slicing in the, uh, in the application of the virtual networks on top of the mother network, so-called network sharing. It's one of the crucial things which mobile operators around the world are looking at uh, because it makes significant reduction of the CAPEX and OPEX parts. Um, And in order to enable that, you need to have the components of your network which are allowing to do so. So we see slicing in like combination of the techniques in the technical area in transport which is uh, we 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 see that on the packet in optical way. It could be like more or less like a soft slicing with the technologies which allow instead maxing. And uh, uh, so hold hard isolation technologies, which can be relevant for both packet and optical layers. Um, so we see that uh, it can be also. Uh, the slicing in a transport coordinated with the functions on the telco edge cloud. So in order to give the differentiation to different applications, such as um, content delivery, like uh, uh, HD plus video streaming and uh, efficient uh, and, and with optimized uh, video streaming, uh, also, it could be made various options with the applications for the smart cities, like a smart grid data collection and the control. It could be also environmental uh, uh, services, various types of them, which will be connected to a dedicated set of techniques providing the slicing in the transport network, terminating to the telco edge cloud instances located in a very specific places in the network and traffic throughout them will be steered to the applications or the content delivery networks, which are located in the public cloud or even the private cloud as well. We see there a huge rise of the, in the interest in the uh, use cases driven by industry for with the asset tracking, with the augmented reality for construction and maintenance Also uh, with uh, the driving and vehicles and automotive slices, which are doing like uh, services as uh, cloud assisting driving. Um, And uh, we see the interest in the uh, private network and small enterprises, which are wanted to use the infrastructure of the Mobile operator or a mobile service o- operator, and uh, not to create their own infrastructure. But we see around the world, many countries are offering uh, to enterprises uh, small portions of spectrum to be used uh, for their own internal needs and also uh, we see the demand for the, from the mobile operator to have a set of techniques to offer on the market to these enterprises, the instantiation of the radio transport, maybe core, uh, uh, to isolate the traffic and to give flexibility to these enterprises. Uh, to run their own services
1: a lot of complexity here that operators need to effectively manage and deliver in order for these use cases you mentioned uh, industry 4.0 type things and automated transport to to really drive meaningful change in the world so you know i think there's this tendency in the telecoms world at least to kind of paint 5G as this general purpose technology that can solve any type of business problem, whatever it is. And I found over the course of doing the this show that when we ask this question, will 5G change the world? You know, it's it's overly simple to give kind of a binary yes no response and maybe a little more useful to just try to contextualize how we think about an answer to that question. So how do you think about it? How do you contextualize it? Is 5G all about some kind of killer app that someone will invent event event at some point in the future or is it maybe more about just little efficiency gains here and, and product increase productivity increases uh, at a given enterprise that over time will kind of create that flywheel effect that is significant and world-changing. What do you think?
0: Um To me, now I see the trend of the ubiquity of uh, sensors, data collectors, also connectivity, uh, streaming, and new services. So it is quite obvious. And to me, it's right now too early to judge about like a killer app or some specific feature. However, I personally see that one day we will be finding ourselves in the situation with, that the new technology have came to our life so deep and became so integral part of it that we'll be not able to even live without it. So, like, imagine if you forgot your phone and you go out for jogging. Now, what what are you supposed to do? Right, Coming back to pick up the phone? But remember ten years ago it was not like that so i think same will happen here with services maybe new experience maybe new gadget will appear on the market very soon but i remember when i was uh rolling out an LTE network in a mobile operator about like seven oh more eight years ago and um I was so surprised we just rolled out a full-blown radio network and i connected with the test equipment to it and it was so empty i was comparing it to my cell phone when i used to have on the 3g connectivity and i understood i realized that it is way that way faster and it is very quick I can download everything I can do the the videos or I can do the uh, uh, listening for music online. It was so exciting and now I see that oh, it's it just couple of even months I understood that I got used to it and everybody got used to it. so um, I think that the The way how we see things, how we got used to good technologies like electricity, like transportation, uh, we simply are not mentioning it in the the real life. And we are struggling when we are lacking of it. So I believe that 5G with differentiated services will come into our life this way and they will be coming to stay more importantly. On the other hand, the services and the state of art networks are built, will be built and uh, building in the mobile operators, they will continue serving various use cases, enabling machines, sensors and self-driving cars, telemedicine, making our life better and more convenient. As operators continue to invest, as
1: these services continue to become refined and more broadly available, it's great to have this conversation with you, Ivan, and hear your thoughts on uh, whether 5G will change the world. Thank you very much. Will 5G Change the World is an Arden Media production. For advertising inquiries, contact Danny Miller at dmiller at ardenmedia.com. The show today
0: was produced and edited by me, Sean Kenny.